How many of you ever had a dog that would not listen? What do you do? What what did you do? What do you do with a dog that won't listen? Anybody? Yes. Huh? Newspaper? You do what? You... She said she gave him away. Said you ain't listen to us. Maybe you listen to the neighbors. <laughs> Maybe you'll miss me and try to list me. Okay. Someone else. What do you do with a dog? Huh? Put him in the kennel. You know they give you that sad look. Like why you have me in it? You fall for that? Now I'm gonna ask you a really t- yes. What do you do? Obedience school. Hmm. Okay. Anybody ever seen the the dog whisperer? Yeah. What's his favorite? You know, I actually tried that with my students. I went and they went back. Anybody have ever had children that don't listen? Wow. So now here's the here's the million dollar question. What do you do? And you can't give them away. <laughs> you can't. Absolutely not. So, yes. You have a fat dog or a fat child, one of the two. <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do? A child don't listen. What, what, what do you find work? Take the phone away? Punishment? Get him a dog. <laughs> Now, let the, the dog will listen. Now you know how it feels, huh? <laughs> yes. Wow, write the Ten Commandments. Okay. You train them. There you go. Okay. Um, this may get you in hot water. What do you do when your spouse don't listen? Now, wait a minute. Why are the women the only one responding here tonight? And he take Yes, over here. Mm. How long you been married? How many? Okay. Someone else. You, huh? You just quit talking. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Penny. I'm going to send y'all to the marriage conference in Kenya. Y'all coming with us. (laughs) Yes, Penny. Pray, pray, pray. Yes, Mike, I see you got your hand up. Ooh, right. Wow. Did y'all hear what he just said? He said, if his wife is not listening to him, it's possible that he's been not, he has not been listening to God. And so he's asking Jesus, is the fact that my wife not listening to my word is because I'm not listening to you? Wow. Mike, you coming on a marriage conference with us, man. <laughs> that is amazing. Now, it's interesting. Tonight, I want to talk about how well do you listen? 
How well do you listen? Now, I know Pastor Renee, when he gets back, he's going to open up the series. But, you know, he, he literally, <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to say this, but he texts me about 630 this morning. I listened. <laughs> and I find interesting that when the, the vision, when your sight is gone, it is your hearing that becomes more acute. Did you hear what I just say? It's when the sight is gone that you hear better. It's interesting also that it, it makes sense now why we live in such a visual stimulated environment. Is it possible that Satan is using all our noise and bells and whistles and lights to distract us from what the Father is continually trying to say to us through the Holy Spirit? What do you think about that? Selah. You see... The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. But guess what? We may not always be listening. I share with my kids all the time, my students, I said, Jesus is a perfect gentleman. And he will never scream over your noise. It is when you become silent, you will hear him the loudest. Moses spent 40 years in the palace. And all of a sudden, one mistake, he finds himself in a a place of solitude. The next 40 years, he's in the wilderness. And it was in that place of solitude, solitude that he heard God's voice, not only the loudest, but the clearest. I'm telling you tonight that God has an incredible plan for your life. I don't care what age or what season you find yourself in. But the question I need to ask Everyone in this place, and whatever season you find yourself in tonight, are you listening to what he is saying to you in this season of your life? Is God trying to fight over your noise? It's interesting. Uh, I learned this, and I think, I'm trying to think, the movie was God's Not Dead 2, and the teacher was on trial. And she she said, this has been an, uh, an, an interesting ordeal because every time she's ever prayed, she's always heard God. And her father responds, the teacher is always the quietest during the test. For every teacher here knows when we give out that test, we give them the evil eye. Don't you say one word. We all want people to listen to us. We hate being ignored. I come from a very large family uh, of 12 people, 10 kids, a mom and a dad. And in the house we grew up in, everybody spoke at the same time and really loud. And what was interesting is that we all knew what we were saying. And we'll be talking all of a sudden, yeah, me too. And then we'll go right back to this conversation. We... We hate being ignored. And just as much as we hate being ignored, God hates being ignored as well. So tonight what I want to take a look at is ask the question, how well do you listen? And from this lesson, we're going to draw some uh, very interesting information and, and, and some revelation out from the Holy Scriptures 
what God is saying to us about listening. During Jesus' early earthly ministry, he often concluded a lesson by crying out, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now, I want you to look at uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. We see the echo again. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear. John the Baptist says it. In the parable of the sower, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 13 through 19, it says this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then we look at the parable of the wheat and tares in Matthew chapter 13, verse 43. It says it again. Then the righteous will shine as for, forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I've learned this. There is a difference between hearing and listening. There's a difference between listening and hearing. See, there's a noise going on right now, and I heard it. But I'm not listening to the noise. I'm listening to my voice. I, don't, I, didn't, I heard it, but I'm listening to my voice. You see, listening requires visual focus. Listening requires visual focus. See, I always tell my, my, my basketball players, when I'm giving instructions, number one, I do not want you talking on the sideline. Number two, I need your eyeballs locked and loaded on me. Because whatever grabs my attention has the ability to grab my ear. Whatever grabs your attention visually has the ability to grab your ear. That's why it's important that in the crucial times of your life, when you are struggling, when you're in the heat of a battle, be careful what's grabbing your attention. Because whatever is grabbing your attention, if it's not God, it will have the ability to, for you to miss what God is saying about your deliverance. Amen. In his letters to the churches of Asia, Jesus uh, concludes each with a similar saying in Revelation chapter two, seven. It says, and he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And verse 11, it says this, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And then he concludes in verse 17, it says this, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat and I will give him a white stone. And on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Wow. What is the point? Over and over and over again. God said, if you have ears, I need you to what? I need you to listen. I need you to hear. <laughs> I remember when mom gave us some instructions. We were all sitting down and uh, she walked off. And we were looking at her, but even though we were looking at her, our mind was somewhere else. And she walked off, and moms just have that ability to just know when that message did not get through. Amen, moms? They, sometimes you, even though they're looking at they get you, they, you know, they look through you, past you, because they have their mind set on something else. And I remember mom came back in the room. She says, wait a minute, you and you and you, repeat to me what I just said. 
clarify and verify. And we knew at that point we were in deep, hot water. And mom said, sit down. Let me give you this instruction again. And before I leave, you will repeat what I just said. Now, why did God repeat this over and over again? Accountability. Accountability. He wants us to not only hear what he's saying, but acknowledge what, we, what he has said and then understand so that we can carry out what he's instructed us. So it illustrates that Jesus had a problem that often exists. He faced the same problem then as often as we face today. And when you look at Mark chapter 4, verse 23 through 25, it says, If anyone has ears, let him hear. Then he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will what? To you who hear, more will be given. For whatever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Leave that up right now, right there. I want you to see this again. Then he said unto them, take heed to what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Isn't it interesting that he says, to those of you that pay attention to my instruction and you follow it and you understand it, I will give you more. Even God cannot trust those who do not listen well with his precious stuff. God wants us to not only listen, but take ownership of the truth that we hear. I'm amazed that Sunday after Sunday, preachers all over America, all over the world, get up and expound the truths of God's word. Some a little bit better than others, different ways to expound it, but it's still the truth of God in some places. But it is amazing. You would almost think, looking at the culture in America, that no one goes to church based on we see how people live. We, our culture is inundated on the radio with preachers, on the TV with preachers, signs everywhere. I mean, it's just, we're, as a nation, we have no excuse for not knowing the truth of God because it is everywhere. Books. I don't know how many of you are in the books a million and you go into the, the Christian section. Books, every kind of book you can imagine. Cross-reference books, that cross-reference the books. And that's why he says to those who hear, much will be given. It illustrates that Jesus had a problem that often exists today and many people simply don't listen or don't listen so as to they don't understand. Now, there are three types of listeners. I want to focus on three, only three. Let's look at the first one. The, the first type is called the dull listener or dull of hearing. Okay? Some of the Hebrew Christians were like this. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, look what it says. It says this. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Now, I want you to see how that's written. Of whom we have much to say... And hard to explain since you have become. Since you have become. The words, those words since you have become is an indication that they weren't always dull of hearing. Something took place that put them in a condition where the writer says they became dull of hearing. 
of whom we have much to say. Much to say, but the problem is you are dull of hearing. Now, I looked up that word in the Greek, and it was interesting because the word dull of hearing means slow, lazy, sluggard, or slow to respond. When God speaks, he wants us not only to listen, to hear him, but he also wants us to respond immediately when he speaks. And what happened to these Christians was they had slipped back into Judaism. They had been born again and saved by the precious blood of Jesus by faith, but they began to slip back into Judaism. And when the writer Paul and all these would, would tell them and preach the truth, I have much to say about where you are, but because you have slipped back into Judaism, your hearing, your listening becomes dull because you're not moving according to the truth that you once was excited about. Man, you know what? I, I, I love mom. Mom, how long have you been saved? 46 years. Now, you'd almost thought that this lady, and I'm only using her, but you'd almost thought this lady got saved last night. I don't know if you've ever watched this lady when she worships. I don't know if you've ever seen this lady when, or when you had conversations when it, and you start talking about Jesus. This lady... It's, it's, just say Jesus, and she, she will catch on fire. She will start to cry. Because to her, something about her relationship that over these 40 years has made her sensitive and continue to be sensitive to the love of God, the passion that was there when she first, it's still there now. I'm a firm believer that the longer we stay saved, the more excited we are to be Because we know him. We grow daily. We become excited because we get to see over a long period of time his hand move mightily. In times when the enemy tried to tell us that God doesn't love us and he will not move. The more we see his hand move, the more excited we need to be. Wow. The dull of hearing. Some of the Hebrew Christians were like this. Note that when a person has this problem, this It is hard for others to explain anything to them. (laughs) You ever heard said to the kid, do you understand the words that are coming out my mouth? (laughs) Look at me when I'm talking to you. Look at my mouth. (laughs) When a person is slow or dull of hearing, that person, it's hard to explain anything to them. And it's not The problem is not with the subject. The problem is not with the material. The problem is not with the presenter. The problem is that they are slow to respond to the instruction because there's something there that will not make them receive what you're giving them. Now, look what it says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 13 to 15. It says, therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing what? In hearing what? Nor do they what? Wow. I speak to them in parable because in seeing they don't see and in hearing they don't hear and they don't understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled which says, Hearing you will hear and you shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive. I'm a firm believer that perception of God's word is more of a heart thing than a head thing. Would you agree? It's more of a heart thing than anything. Because here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. If, my, if, I have, if I'm passionate about something, 
it's not going to take a whole lot of push and prodding to get me to do that thing. Because what's in it? My heart's in it. And I firmly believe that's why a lot of, that's where a lot of relationships fail because you forget to keep your heart there. That's what happens why so many people walk away from Jesus Christ is because it has always been about the heart, not about the head. (laughs) I love the song, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. Lord, have your way in me, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. That sounds like I'm passionate about this thing. I tell my wife all the time, I said, girl, I know we're in your house because I can smell you. Not that she smells bad. That, let, me, let me see if I can fix that. Because that didn't come out right. <laughs> that didn't come out right. See, when I am passionate about her, and so her very essence connect with me emotionally and physically and spiritually, and when she is not in the house, man, I know she's not there. When the minute she steps in the house, it's like, oh, baby girl is home. Because of that one, the Bible said what God has joined together, let the two become, let the two become And he knits the hearts together. And so your marital relationship is a reflection of your relationship with God. I love what Mike say. His prayer was, Lord, if my wife not listening to me, is it possible that I have a disconnect with you? Because you told her to submit to me, but it's predicated on me submitting to you. (laughs) You get mad at your wife, you get mad at yourself because you ain't listening. Okay, I'm going to leave the church intact so pastor can come back. (laughs) That's a spiritual principle. He says, and and he created Adam, created Eve, and he said, let them have dominion over the earth and over everything that creeps on earth. And as long as Adam was submitted to God, everything that was under his authority would be submitted to him as long as he was willing to listen. Wow. Wow. People are this way because they are dull of heart. There it is. This prevent three things. I want you to take a look at it. When people become dull of heart, this prevent them from understanding God's truth. One. Secondly, turning from from sin to God. And when they become dull in the heart and being healed and saved by God. Again, look at the three. When people become dull in their heart, they don't understand God's truth. They turn uh it's hard for them to turn from sin to God and, they be, and they're not saved because they refuse to acknowledge their desperate need for him. Wow. So we have those with their <clears throat> dull of hearing. Here's the second group. Those with itching ears. Somebody say itching ears. Now, interesting because the itching ears here is not at all the way it sounds. The itching ears here are those who want whatever they want to hear and desire to hear. It is soothing to to the ear. It is pleasurable to them. You know, I often say this. I love to sit under leadership who teach the truth that every now and then I have to go, amen or oh me. Did you hear what I just said? Because here's what I understand. 
If I'm able to hear what the pastor is saying and say amen or oh me, that means I still have time to get it right. Because if I take my last breath, there is no more getting that thing right. It's over. It's done. Stick a fork in him. He's done. The truth does two things. It either draws you to God or run you away, depending on the condition of your heart. Amen? So look at this one. This first one was dull of hearing. This one is itching ears. Paul talked about this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 4. And it says, for the time will come. Somebody said, it is now. When they will not endure what? What kind of doctrine? Sound. Foundational truth. Truth that is absolute and unchanging. Truth that does not agree with the culture. They will not endure, put up with, swallow, digest sound doctrine. But here's what they will do. But according to their own what? Desires because they have what? They will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from what? And be turned aside to what? Those things that are not true. It is amazing on any given Sunday how churches line up and pack from front to back. The question I always tell people, the statement I always make, if what you're hearing on Sunday does not have an effect on you Monday through Saturday, you need to change where you go. Did you hear what I just said? If what you're hearing on Sunday is not impacting your life on Monday through Saturday, you need to really consider what you're hearing. And if you're hearing truth and not of it, then we need to consider, we need to do a heart check. We need to do a heart check. Lord, this is incredible truth, but why am I still struggling with it? Why am I not hearing this? Check the heart. I love what Mike said. Again, I referenced that. Mike said, let me check my heart if something's not working. You know what Mike was actually saying? He's, this was Mike was saying, because I know God is always true and he doesn't lie. So if he told me that if I submit to him, everything will submit to me. If it's not submit, then there must be something wrong with me, not him. Thank you. Teachers, such people listen only to that which is pleasing to them. So they don't like sound doctrine, which often requires the kind of preaching that requires you to do some soul searching. Look at 2 Timothy 4.2. Look what it says. I want you to read this with me. Ready? Read. Now, I'm a firm believer in that because if I wasn't, I would not be here right now. Preach the word. Be instant in season. 630 this morning. Preach the word. (laughs) Preach the word. That's not just the ones who stand behind his desk. But those of us who say we are, are believers in Jesus Christ. He said, be ready in every case, in every situation. When you're pushing your buggy, going down the bean aisle. Let's see, I want the green beans and the white beans. Uh, and then when you're going down the bread aisle, give me the loaf. When you're going out, you're looking for some meat in the freezer. When you get in the eggs, be, be ready to say something about the reason why you believe what you believe. And sometimes, this is what I found. <laughs> this is what I found. Sometimes you can invade conversations. Across the aisle. 
<laughs> you, you get in the pit, you're just like, excuse me, what did you, what, stay right there, I'll be right around, I'll be right there. <laughs> like, who, what in the, who is? And you will be surprised when it says preach the word, be ready in season and out. You'll be surprised how God literally set that person up for the right time and the right moment for you to come along to pick up those green beans. And you thought it was just about the green beans. No, it wasn't. He just used the green beans. Praise the Lord for green beans. Thank you for the bread. Be ready. And he says, watch this. Convince. Rebuke. Exhort. With all what? Long suffering. Put up with. Stay there. (laughs) And teaching. Wow. So we have those with dull of hearing, those with itching ears. Third, those who hear with a noble and a good heart. Now, notice what he does in this third group. Those who hear with a noble and a what? So not only have they become sharp in hearing, but also they what's attached to the hearing is the condition of their heart. And we said that earlier. You see, the kids, I don't know how many of you ever seen me on the sideline when I'm coaching. I'm very passionate about basketball. And sometimes that passion can become very scary to my kids. I tell them all the time, they say, coach, you're scary. I said, I said, as a coach, I said, you should have seen me when I played. You see, my father told me this, and I caught this, like, so, I caught the lesson. He said, Freddie, whatever, he told this all about, whatever you do, give it 110%, be excited, just, just do it. Wait, that's Nike. And the one thing about my father, my, my dad was a military man. Oh, it drives him bananas when he asks you to do something and we just sort of oh anybody know what i'm talking about it's like oh i shouldn't even ask you to do it and he just grabs us and like that's not how i want you to do it and i'm going like i'm doing it but that's not how i want you to do it and so i learn if you're going to do something do it with your whole heart do it with fire. Do it with passion. The kid said, Coach, you just, you, I, I, sometimes in my classroom, I'll be teaching a lesson and spit will be flying everywhere. And kids like, they're ducking. I'm like, that's not spit, that's anointing oil. Amen. Bless the Lord, God's anointing you. So the first row in my class is empty. Man, I, I don't, I don't know how to be under any other way but passionate about it. I really don't. I really, I told my wife, I said, girl, do you know when I marry you, you know what you get now? She's like, yeah. I think she's still learning. When I play basketball, man, I'm, I am in it. I'm just, and I told my kids, guys, y'all gotta play this game the way I coach it. And they look at me like, Hallelujah. 
Those who hear with a noble and good heart. Jesus speak of this in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Look what it says. But the ones that fell on good ground, somebody say good ground, are those who haven't done what? Heard the word with a what? And a good heart. And do what? And what happens? With what? Wow, that, there it is. But those, but the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble heart. See, my hearing is connected to the condition of my heart. And because my hearing is connected to the condition of my heart, what I heard then begins to bear fruit in my life. I see the end results of the word. Because when I heard it, my heart received it, God blessed it, and I saw the fruit. I saw the fruit. Wow. See, the Bereans were listeners of this type. They were noble and good and had a good heart. In Acts chapter 17, let's look at what it says in verse 11. It says this. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness. They received the word with what? With what? And search the scriptures. How? How did they search the scriptures? To do what? Whether these things were what? There it is. They received it. And it's like, you know what? This stuff is good. Let me go back and see if there's some more. Man, this is good. A lot of us eat like that. <laughs> Walk in there and like, uh, you want to ask? I, I, I will never forget. My wife had a conference in New Orleans and I stayed with her. What hotel was that, baby? The Hyatt. And we went down to the restaurant. What was the name of the restaurant? Dragos. And she went ordered a dozen of these charbroil oysters. The very thought of oysters just sickens me. Just absolutely just sickens me. So she ordered these godforsaken, ugly looking. I'm like, what in the world? What are you? I'm not eating that. No. She said, Freddie, just try one. I am not trying that. I love you, but no. This is where the love line stops. The love line stops right here, baby. Not eating that. And she said, okay, well, let me just go use the restroom. So she left. So I'm looking at this, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I. Oh, it looks so gross. So I just sort of said, looked around and I just sort of. Oh, man. Oh, man. That thing was dripping in butter. And I got one. I got another one. And by the time Nadine came back, she looked at me. Where are my oysters? I went, I don't know. And it was so good. I started biting on the shell. I said, this all I get. Where's the rest of it? And I wanted more. Give me more. When your heart is receptive to the word and your hearing is fruitful, man, you don't, you will get in there and say, Lord, I want more of you. I want more. Give me more. Give me more because you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. He is good. Man, that's awesome. These people, the Bereans, were fair-minded, thus willing to give Paul a fair hearing to the truth that he was giving. 
It showed in how they received or listened to the word with all readiness of heart. Now, why is this important to be this kind of listener, to listen with a, 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 a readiness of heart? Well, the importance of being a good listener, number one, is essential to being blessed. It is essential to being blessed because God cannot bless something he can't command. He can't and he will not. It says this, for those willing to listen properly, there were wonderful things to learn. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 16 and 17, let's look at that quickly. He said, but blessed are your eyes for they see, for your ears for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. God, Jesus was telling the disciples, man, do you realize how many people was waiting to see what you, what you are seeing? And do you realize how many people is ready to experience what you are experiencing? Who you better wake up and smell the coffee. There, there, there's not a single person in here that have not experienced God at a level that if you were given a mic and time, it will be amazing what God, what you, the testimonies you will give what God has done in your life. Do I have a witness in here? No, get your hands up. Look around. Look around. And this is what the world is missing. They're missing. They think we're missing out. No, you guys are missing it. But those who were willing to listen, wonderful things they would learn. And the blessing of God was on them. Things that were pertaining to the wonderful blessings are now available to each and every one of us. According to Ephesians chapter 1, 3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has done what? He has done what? He has done what? With what? What kind of spiritual blessing? What's left out of everything? What's included in everything? Wow. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing where? Where? In Christ Jesus. So in him, there is nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. In Christ, there is nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. Because God is a perfect God. And when God gets through, he does a total work. When God blesses, there is nothing left that needs to be overturned and nothing needs to be fixed when he touches it. So proper listening is also essential in saving faith. God has ordained that we be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, look what it says. For I, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of what? For it is what? To what? For whom? Who does what? To who first? And then to whom? For what's revealed in it? The righteousness of God is revealed in it. From faith to faith, and it's written, the just shall live by the just shall live by how can they believe and sit and if someone preaches for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God such faith comes through proclaiming the gospel often involving listening to a preacher often listening involving listening to people who have a heart felt knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Romans 10, 14 and 17 says this. 
It says, how then shall they call on him whom they have never, they have not believed? How can you call on someone you've never, you don't believe in? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Next verse. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Can I tell you the reason why you keep coming back? Not because you love this place, this building. It's awesome. The reason why you keep coming back is because there is something that you're hearing that is connecting with your heart, that's making a change in how you live, that's making a change in how you speak, that's changing how you see things, that's changing how you love, that's changing how you treat people. So you keep coming back because it is good. It's changing you. You say, God, you are so good because I see the evidence. I see the evidence. I see the evidence. Every single one of us in here is an ex-something. If the truth be told. (laughs) Some of us a little bit more ex than others. Some two ex, some three ex. I'm not talking about your size. Please stop, I'm not going there. But thank be to God, he changes us. While one can certainly gain faith through reading God's word, the fact remains that many are often dependent upon what they hear proclaimed. And John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31 says this, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. The volume could not hold everything he did. But these are written that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let me read that again. That is some good stuff right there. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. Because the book cannot contain the total volume. But these, that the things that we do know, those things that we have read, those things that we have heard. He said, those things that are written to you may be believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wrote it down so we can believe and have salvation in his name. I feel sorry for the atheists. I really do. Many live such a miserable life. Wow. One reason why faith is often lacking because people simply are not good listeners. And then finally, not only is listening essential for saving faith, but listening is good. Listening is essential for bearing fruit, for bearing fruit. In the parable of the sore, the only kind of sorrow, the heart capable of bearing fruit was one which listened properly. One that listened properly. One that listened properly. Isn't it interesting that the production of your, the, 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 the fruit of your spiritual production is connected to how you hear something and when you hear it, what is the condition of your heart when you hear it? We should never be jealous that God is using someone over here or someone over here or someone up here or someone up there. Someone there. You know what? Here's what I have learned. I've been a church kid all my life. <clears throat> if God is not using me in the season I think I should be used, it is because there is something that I have shut off that is 
plugging up and stopping what he wants to do in me. There's nothing wrong with him. The Bible says, like every good father who desires to give good gifts to their children, so does the heavenly father desire to give good gifts to his children. So there's nothing wrong with him. That something must be wrong with me. And the fact that God is blessing people all around me should be an indication that he does not play favoritism. So if he's doing it for you, all I got to do is find out what's going on with me, fix that, and says, back on track. You see, one thing about God, God is not going to leave you alone. Did, did you hear what I just said? God is not going. If you belong to him, trust me, he's not going to leave you alone. He will mess with you in your sleep. He will mess with you on your job. When you try to turn your radio off, he's going to mess with you in your car or in your truck. When you try to go fishing on Sunday, he's going to get up in there where you ain't going to catch Jack. You're not going to catch nothing. And if he have to, you pull that redfish, he may start talking to you. Listen to God, boy. Before you throw him in that ice chest. But God is not going. He will pursue and run after you and run you. But you know what? He's perfect in what he does. He's not going to collar you and put you in a headlock and say, listen to me. He's not going to. But he will pursue you. Listening is important and essential for bearing fruit. In the parable of the sower, the only kind of sorrel heart capable of bearing fruit was the one that which listened properly. Look at Luke 8, 15. It says this. But the ones that fell on what kind of ground? Are those who what? Haven't heard the word with a what? A noble and a good heart and do what? And bear fruit what? With patience. But the ones that fell on good ground, talking about your heart, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. That is because bearing fruit comes from understanding. Somebody say understanding. The grace of God. That is because bearing fruit comes from understanding the grace of God. Understanding the grace of God. What What do I need to know about the grace of God? Lord, I mess up. I don't always get it right. And you know that. And you know me. But what I do, don't change who you are to me. Because you keep coming after me. Your unfailing love pursues me. Even sometimes when I feel that I should not be worthy of you pursuing me, you still let me know that your grace is sufficient. (laughs) <laughs> what an incredible love. Final scripture, Colossians 1.16. Look at what it says. Which has come to you as it has also in the, all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in truth. That is because bearing fruit comes from the understanding of God's grace. And note that the gospel was for bearing fruit in the Colossian church. So here's the question I need to ask you as we close. I want you to stand to your feet. Are you a good listener? And we've also learned today that my listening has to be connected to a good and noble heart. And when my heart is receptive to the truth of God's word, The end result 
is his blessings. Are his blessings. Let us pray. Oh, gracious Father, we thank you for everything you've done tonight. Your word is precious. Your word is awesome. Your word is life. Teach us by the Holy Spirit to be receptive to your voice. Jesus, you told the disciples that you had to leave because you were sending in the paracletus, the helper, who will lead us and guide us into all truth. But if he has come to lead and guide, help us to listen, not only with a listening ear, but with a noble and a good heart, so that we can go where the Holy Spirit is leading us. Lord, I thank you for the word that has become alive tonight in our hearts. That we will, in this 2017 year, we will make an effort to learn to listen more attentively. And that we will not be distracted by the noise and the things around us because what grabs our attention steals our ear from you. God created us a clean heart, a heart that's willing to hear and obey and move according to what your commands are. And Lord, I thank you. And as your people leave this place tonight, I pray that you will go before them and give them your divine protection for their lives are redeemed from the destruction of the enemy. Be their front and their rear guard until we come again in your house. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.